from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's the last day of the month of February, February 28th, 2023. If you have a birthday in a leap year, meaning February 29th, then I shall today wish you a happy birthday. It's the one time a year where if you were born on this day, you're one of the very, very few people who don't really get to celebrate a birthday. So you kind of get two days, right? You get today and tomorrow to kind of make up for the fact that your birthday celebrated once every four years. Plus you get to cut 25% off, 75% off your age, right? Because technically you've only celebrated your birthday once every four years. So you could be 20, but really you, you might be just, you know, five. So good for you. Um, you get to really play the age game. Um, so, so welcome everyone to a very, very packed show this morning. We've got a lot to talk about, including some news about the last pass breach and now some data being released and some information coming out uh, about that breach and a bunch of system warnings. The U.S. Marshals going through their own cyber event. Seems like our federal government is inept when it comes to securing the most critical of their data. Um, among with a bunch of White House directives that are about to come out, we'll be discussing those on this morning's show. So I hope y'all are ready to, to, to dive right into this morning's program. But before we do that, my cup of coffee, my double espresso this morning, I hope you will join me in a coffee cup. Cheers, whatever you're drinking, coffee, tea, water, juice, Red Bull, Celsius, whatever it is, coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. Let's go ahead and kick off with LastPass. So yours truly here was always a defender of LastPass. Seeing the reaction to the breach, however, made me very, very uncomfortable. I ended up leaving LastPass. I was a LastPass customer, I ended up leaving LastPass um, and gone to one of their competitors. Um, and now we get to the root cause of what happened. And what I want to highlight here is the following. This wasn't a phishing attack where everything worked. This was a, uh, the, the threat actors here used successive amount of breaches until they got what they want. So now that this was, uh, now that the information has been released, we know that the second breach, cause they had one in August that they disclosed, um, was a coordinated second attack where the threat actor accessed and stole data from the AWS cloud storage server for nearly two months. The disclosure now comes as they're stating the vector of attack, which means, uh, which essentially says that the threat actors started this in the first breach and information from additional data breaches, meaning that there was some th somewhere along the lines where someone within the last pass um, supply chain was also breached that provided the threat actors with a whole lot more data. There was a remote code execution vulnerability to install a key logger on a senior DevOps engineer's computer. LastPass said the second coordinated attack used the stolen data from the first breach to gain access to the company's encrypted Amazon S3 buckets as only four LastPass DevOps engineer had access to these decryption keys. The threat actor targeted one of those engineers. How did they know which one, right? And that's, that's one of the things. So, they, they obviously had to have some sort of information that says these are four key individuals. These are the people we're going after. We're going after them. They installed, they successfully installed the key logger on that device by exploiting a remote code vulnerability in a third party media software package. The threat actor was able to capture the employee's master password as it was entered after the employee authenticated with MFA and gain access to the DevOps engineer's LastPass corporate vault. From there, they escalated privileges, got into the S3 production backups and other cloud storage resources and some related database backups. The use of valid credentials made it difficult for investigators to detect the threat actor's activity. 
allowing the attackers to access and steal data from LastPass cloud servers for nearly two months between August 12th to October 26th. LastPass ultimately detected anonymous behavior through AWS guard duty alerts when the threat actors attempted to use cloud identity and access management roles to perform unauthorized activity. So they just got a bit greedy. That's how they got caught. As part of today's disclosure, LastPass has released more details on what customer information was stolen in the attack. They're saying on-demand cloud-based development source code repositories, uh, internal scripts from the repositories and internal documentation, DevOps secret cloud-based backup storage, backup of LastPass, MFA, and Federation database were all part of this. Um, um, a big, you know, one good for transparency purposes to share all of this, but just shows you as a practitioner today, if I'm reading this, I'm changing the way I do my threat modeling. I really am. And the reason for that is I'm now starting to look at all of my supply chain and going, what data of ours was compromised? Then how do we change that data? What do we do to change that data and, and either update passwords or update policies or even update our, our operating procedures around the supply chain vendors that could have been compromised or have been compromised that you know of in order to really make it for threat actors harder to just get in. Now we know that threat actors use a multitude of breaches a multitude of uh, pieces of information. They're not just randomly phishing. They're, they're target phishing. They're going after these organizations. They're going after your DevOps engineers. If you don't start to prepare for that, you're going to find yourself on, on, a, on a tail end of, of one of these types of sophisticated and, and, and really one of these are sophisticated attacks that have significant ramifications for organizations. Significant. You're talking about code base here. That's millions of dollars in having to rewrite some of this stuff, uh, rewrite the code, that, that's manpower. There's a lot to that. Sis says warning of an active exploitation currently taking place in the ZK framework, and it's been added to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog based on active exploitation. Track the CVE 2022-36537, a CVSS score of 7.5. Those who don't know, the ZK framework is an open source Java framework. The vulnerability itself can impact multiple products, including but not limited to the ConnectWise R1 soft server backup manager. The vulnerability was patched in May of last year in versions 9.6.2, 9 9.6.0.2, 9.5.1.4, 9.0.1.3, and 8.6.4.2. Hundreds has shown a proof of concept in October of 2022. The vulnerability can be weaponized to bypass authentication, upload a backdoor JDBS database driver to gain code execution, deploy ransomware on susceptible endpoints, um, you want to make sure if you haven't patched that, you get it patched. The majority of infections are located in the U.S., South Korea, U.K., Canada, Spain, Colombia, Malaysia, Italy, India, and Panama. Um, so you want to get these uh, definitely patched up. The U.S. Marshal Service is now investigating a ransomware attack and data theft. No stranger to uh, incidents like these. The U.S. Marshal Service is now investigating the theft of law enforcement information following a ransomware attack than what seemed like a standalone USMCS uh, system. USMCS is U.S. Marshal Services, for those who don't know. It's a, it's a bureau within the Justice Department. They provide support for federal court orders, seizing illegally obtained assets, assuring the safety of government witnesses and their families, and a whole bunch of other tasks that they're given, including, you know, typically the marshals were, were doing the cross-state uh, uh, cross uh, uh, fugitive hunts. So the federal law enforcement agency said that uh, the stolen data includes employees PII. Uh, a spokesperson by the name of Drew Wade said the USMS discovered the ransomware data exfiltration event, event sorry, affecting a standalone uh, system on February 17th. 
The affected system contains law enforcement sensitive information, including returns from legal processes, admin information, PII pertaining to subjects of USMS investigations, third party and certain USMS employees. The compromise system is now disconnected. The attack is currently under active investigation as a major incident. According to sources close to the incident, the attackers did not gain access to the USMS witness uh, security files information system or WITSAC uh, database. The USMS spokesperson was not immediately available for comment, um, but this follows a May 2020 breach where the U.S. Marshal Service exposed the details of over 387 former and current inmates uh, in a December 2019 incident, including names, DOBs, home addresses, and social security numbers. The FBI and other federal agencies are assisting at this time, and no more information is currently available beyond what's being disclosed. But nonetheless, not a good look for the USMS and not a good look uh, for the criminals who probably uh, went after this since that data um, shows exactly who they're going after. A, a pretty hefty payday for the people who stole that data since they can provide that data to those people and get paid handsomely for it. Jen Easterly on the offensive, calling out tech manufacturers uh, for leaving the door open for Chinese hacking. And um, not mad at her for this one, folks. Um, Jen Easterly uh, was speaking yesterday at Carnegie Mellon University, said that technology providers have normalized the deviant behavior of operating at the bleeding edge of accident boundary. Uh, she said, as we've integrated technology into nearly every facet of our lives, we're unwittingly come to accept as normal that such technology is dangerous by design, meaning we've come accustomed to the fact that we're going to have dozens, hundreds, or thousands of defects, which would be unacceptable in any other critical field, which she has a point. Um, but in software, we've kind of come to accept that. And within tech companies, we've come to accept that. Her speech comes as the Biden administration is getting ready to unveil the national cybersecurity strategy. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. So stay tuned. She's saying that the China's massive and sophisticated hacking program is larger than that of any, every other major nation combined. Uh, this is a hacking on an enormous scale, but unlike the spy balloon, which was identified and dealt with these threats more often than not, though unidentified or undeterred. She says the U.S. faces uh, cyber intrusions by the Chinese government every day. Um, she warned, but these attacks are rarely covered by news outlets, despite the harm they cause. Again, another very factual basis. That's why I do this show. Uh, cyber intrusions are a symptom rather than a cause of the vulnerability we face as a nation. The cost, simply put, is unsafe technology products, and because the damage caused by these unsafe products is distributed and spread over time, the impact is far more difficult to measure. She wants companies to take ownership. She's talking about potential White House regulation around this. Um, and so um, she's talking about using more secure coding language like Rust, Go, Python, and Java instead of languages like C and C++ and allow for several classes of vulnerabilities to be introduced. Um, so... She talked about some nightmare scenarios, a great read. All the links are in the show notes. You guys can definitely check this out, um, but couldn't disagree with anything she said there. Um, hackers are now criminals. Let me repeat myself here, are leaking the alleged Activision employee data on cybercrime uh, uh, forums. We talked about the Activision breach last week. Well, now the leaked data consists of 19,444 unique records containing full names, phone numbers, job titles, locations, and email addresses. The dump is offered freely in all forum members as a text file. Uh, the forum post was first spotted by Threat Intel platform, a Falcon uh, feed CEO, which reported the potential data leak on Twitter. Um, so some issues there for those employees in Activision as 
Now all they're doing here is essentially putting the data out there for free, targeting employees in order to target all the employees, increase the threat. You don't want to pay them. That's fine. They're saying, don't pay me, but I'm just going to make your life a living nightmare for the next three, four years. That's essentially what happened here. Um, and that's one of the challenges of these situations. The national cybersecurity strategy document is weeks away from being released. It's a far more aggressive document. It's uh, working on improving mandatory regulations on critical infrastructure vendors and greenlights a more aggressive hackback approach to dealing with foreign adversaries. The early reports on the strategy documents that's making rounds in Washington, D.C. and abroad um, and, and, and across the, the entire country is mulling over the final details of a 35-page national cybersecurity strategy that will use regulation to level the playing field. Voluntary approach to critical infrastructure security has made some meaningful improvement, but because there's no real clear requirement, it's inconsistent and inadequate when it comes across the country. On those entities that fail to take reasonable precautions to secure their software, the strategy, which has been created by the Office of National Cyber Director, also gives high-level authorization to law enforcement and intel agencies to hack into foreign networks to prevent attacks and to retaliate against APT campaigns. So we're taking the gloves off, according to this document. According to a draft copy seen by Slate, the aggressive strategy is meant to preemptively disrupt and dismantle hostile networks by authorizing U.S. defense intelligence and law enforcement agencies to hack into computer networks of criminals and foreign governments. Our goal is to make malicious actors incapable of mounting sustained cyber-enabled campaigns that would threaten the national security or public safety of the United States, disrupt and dismantle threat activities. This document should be signed by the president in the coming weeks. When it does, we'll do a whole special episode on it. I promise you that. The White House is also letting everyone know you've got 30 days to wipe TikTok off all government devices. The Office of OMB, Office of Management and Budget, calls the guidance issued Monday a critical step forward in addressing the risk presented by the app to sensitive government data. This includes the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, and the State Department uh, with already restrictions in place. Let's get Congress and all the Congress people to delete TikTok um, and stop uh, posting on TikTok. That would be uh, effective there as well. So... There's that. That's it for our program this morning. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern live right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can catch all the latest on your favorite podcast listening platform or on our YouTube channel. You can also find us at cyberhubpodcast.com where you can see a whole bunch of exclusive content that we'll be posting. A new CISO Talk episode will be launching tomorrow, not today. Unfortunately, we're a day behind there on production. It's a 15-minute episode, uh, special content on how identity is the new endpoint and the new threat vector. So we'll be talking about that as well on the podcast. So tune into the Sysle Talk podcast tomorrow for that. That's it for our show today. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.